You're listening to Wake Up Call with Christina Previtt. I'm the CEO and co-owner of New Jersey Divorce Solutions, a law firm located in Edison, New Jersey. I've been practicing exclusively divorce and family law for the past 16 years. Everyone has a story. I interview them. Wake Up Call is an opportunity for you to hear inspiring stories from people who are making hard decisions, overcoming their fears, and living their most authentic life. All right, guys, you are listening or watching Wake Up Call. I'm here today with Brandon Tuss, the Director of Podcasting for the Successful Mind Podcast, and Steph Tuss, who is the CEO of Life Is Now. And for those of you who don't know what Life Is Now um, or what the Successful Mind Podcast is, it's the David Nagel machine. (laughs) So, you know, I think most of my viewers probably know who David Nagel is, but if you don't, he's a performance coach, income acceleration coach, mindset coach. I don't really know how to refer to him. He's all of those things. Me either. We're good. And you guys have been, um, as I like to say, drinking the David Kool-Aid for a while now, but it's good Kool-Aid. It's good Kool-Aid. And you guys from time to time will interject at events or Brandon with you, you do it on the podcast, your experience here and there with David, but I've never actually sat down with you guys to really hear about what that experience was. So that's what I'd like to know. So why don't we start off with that? Like, how did you guys become acquainted with David? How far back do you want me to start? Well, I understand this is the way that I have understood things. And you can tell me where I may be wrong. You were, you know, like, just like the rest of us, just kind of maybe not totally happy with life, trying to figure stuff out. Um, I think at least one of you was a teacher and you just weren't happy. And you, you kind of just started looking around like, what, what do I need to do? So, so I'll give you the cliff notes version. How about that? Yeah. Okay. So Brandon and I were both teachers. Um, we both taught in the public school system. I taught for 10 years. He taught for 11. Um, and we were, we actually met, he was teaching across the hall from me and that's how we, that's how we met. And we were teaching at the same school across the Aww. hall. Yeah. It's very romantic. Um, <laughs> and we gave birth to our first daughter who was born very sick. And so I am like, I have the savior pattern in my family, right? So I'm the fixer and I wasn't, I just didn't accept the fact that she was just going to be sick. Doctors didn't know what was going on. I couldn't get, I couldn't get anyone to help me. They wanted to do invasive surgery to see what was going on. And I just, I was like, there's got to be a better way. So while I was teaching, I also started doing lots and lots of research on what might be causing her to be so sick. Um, And through that, uncovered that it was food sensitivities. So it was everything that I was eating because I was nursing that was causing her to be sick. Well, I'm a teacher at heart, like at the core, I love to teach, which is why I love what I'm doing right now because I teach all kinds of people, all kinds of things. Um, And I thought, this is crazy. This is so important. How many other parents are out there without any answers? And thought, I'm going to, I'm going to teach this. I'm going to, I'm not going to teach public school anymore. I'm going to teach this. So while I was, while I was teaching, I went back to school and got my master's degree in holistic nutrition. And then I eventually left teaching and opened my own holistic nutrition practice. And at that time, which was 13 years ago, Mm -hmm. 13 years ago, it was really a very kind of like iffy space. 
right? Because it's alternative medicine and it was a super iffy space, but I was, I was learning from JJ Virgin. She actually mentored me privately for nothing. Um, and I just did whatever JJ told me to do. She told me to follow this woman named Allie Brown, who was the e-zine queen, because I should start doing e-zines to my practice. And that's how I came across David. Allie and David were doing a program together. Um, it was $497, ridiculously expensive for us to say yes to. I waited two weeks to make that decision, like literally like was so stressed out over this 400. It was a big stretch. It was a big stretch at the time. With this guy who I didn't know, but because Allie, because JJ said, do what Allie tells you. And Allie said, listen to this guy. I was like, well, I'm just going to do what I'm told and heard the program. And you know, that moment when you just like, you hear something and it hits you so hard that there's no denying that it's part of what you need to be doing and what you need to be learning. Like, yeah. You, your body knows the truth when you hear it, right? Yeah. Like you, can't, you can't deny that. When he started teaching, I immediately knew. And I even said to Brandon, I'm going to work with this guy. That's it. That's all there is to it. I have no idea how. I don't know what he costs. Probably a good thing I didn't know what he costs. <laughs> yeah, um, I was going to say. it was a good thing for me. <laughs> it was a good thing he didn't know what it costs. There's a um, lot more than 497, right? For some oh, my God. I, I just said, I need to, I need to work with this guy. Everything he was saying was just like, it's like I'd been searching all my life for this, for what he was saying. And it's finally, it finally found me. So I purchased a ticket to an event that he was speaking at specifically because the bonus was that I got to have lunch with him and me, my naive brain thought that that lunch was just going to be David and me. So I showed up at the event and I went to lunch and there were 75 other people in the lunch. And I never got to talk to David and I said to one of his coaches, I really like to coach with him privately. Can, can I speak with him? And she's like, oh, sure. Yeah, I'll work it out. Well, two days later at the end of the event, I still hadn't connected with him. So I was like, you know, it's not meant to be like, if it was meant to be, I would have spoken to him. So I'm just going to let this go. And I packed my stuff and I got in the elevator. And as I was going down, it stopped on, I don't know, like the sixth floor or something. And and walk David Nagel into my wow. elevator. And I said to him, I've been wanting to talk to you this whole time. I'd love to private coach with you. And he said, well, let's sit down and have a conversation. So at that point we sat down in the lounge area and had a conversation. And I went from a $497 program to <laughs> private coaching, not having any idea how I was going to pay for more than the first two payments, um, drained my retirement, my teacher retirement account to be able to do it. And I honestly can say that it was the best decision I've ever made in my life. So this is an experience that a lot of people have, which it's great that you can relate to that when people are going to a David event and they want to coach with him, but they're thinking, oh my God, he's so expensive. How can I pay for that? So I have to ask Brandon, what was your reaction to that at the time? Uh, yeah, it's, it's a mixed bag. Well, at the beginning, when we stretched to buy the program, I was like, okay, $500, we can make that work. Um, the first time we listened to the audio that we got, cause it was a program it was a box program. We broke down the audios, you know, had a glass of wine, literally fell asleep within the first 30 minutes of listening to <laughs> these people talk. I was so, I was still in the teaching world. So I was not really aware of everything that was going on with personal development. So, um, I just remember like laying on the floor while, 
you know, Steph's listening to this and I'm thinking, okay, this is not for me. Fast forward to when she said she was going to go to this event. I thought that was cool because every time she came back, she was lit up. She was starting her business. She was really uh, gaining momentum in that space. And I could see how our lives were starting to change from that. Um, she came back, told me she had um, was going to sign up to private coach. I didn't know what that meant. She did tell me there was going to be a substantial investment in place. Uh, my mom was in the banking industry my whole life. I used to get pamphlets about debt on my pillow, um, about, you know, you don't carry debt. And all of a sudden we're draining both of our retirement accounts to pay for this. Um, And that was just scratching the surface. So I was supportive, but I was also a little bit hesitant. I wasn't sure what that meant, but there there was definitely something in her eyes that told me this was something that really resonated and she was going to take it whether I was supportive or not. So it was one of those situations. um, At first I was reluctant, but I knew I could see um, in her a belief that this was all going to work out. And I said, Hey, let's go for it because it had happened when she left teaching to go into holistic nutrition. I very easily could have said, that's crazy. You're giving up benefits. You're giving up time off, but I didn't, I was very supportive. And I said, look, if this is what you want, I will support you in whatever way um, I can. I'm still growing into that because she is the queen of the yes. But every <laughs> single yes, Christine has really led us to this place where we're at today. I mean, her yeses pay off big time, and I appreciate that. Yeah, I was gonna say she hasn't led you astray. Not at all. No. I mean, there's been times when I've been a little reluctant to come along, like I said, but her yeses always pay off. And she's gotten me to the point where I feel more confident in my yes, because I weigh the options. I'm the pro and con list guy. She does that too, but she's more strategic in it. And she's able to say, look, I know because that feeling she mentioned, that tuning fork that resonated with her so deeply, I know that that's not going to lead us anywhere, but the, the next successful thing that's coming. So can I ask you how much it was back then that you had to invest? It was a hundred thousand. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That, you know, that's huge for somebody that I guess you had two teacher salaries at the time. Yes. I, well, I was in my own practice at that time and I was making more than the teacher salary, okay. but I hadn't, I hadn't crested, like I hadn't made six figures in a year. I was just starting to make six so that, figures in a year. That's really big. I mean, that requires so much faith. You felt that strongly about the program. You know, it was really fascinating to me because for all intents and purposes, I should have been scared shitless. Like we both should have been like, we put it all on the line. There were times when we were like, are we going to be able to pay our mortgage? Like, well, in our programming too, like we come from families, oh. like Steph's from the Midwest. I'm from small town, Montana. It's blue collar. You work hard, you save everything, you yeah. retire, and then you go fishing and then you eventually die. Yeah. It was really yeah. It, it was very much a hard right turn for both of us. And to be honest, if I had to make that decision on my own, there's probably no way I would still likely be in the classroom, still um, not really so much caring about teaching as opposed to the benefits and the time off. And uh, who knows, we, we definitely wouldn't be here today. But it was a, like I said, it was just that significant feeling that you get and that guidance system, you got to listen to it. I don't know if people listen to their gut enough because they say it's not responsible. This is not the responsible thing yeah. to do. My parents said the same thing. I'm sure Steph's parents. We told no thing. one. Yeah, it was, it was very secretive what we were doing. We told no one, like n- no one knew. They didn't know about the program or they just didn't know how much it cost. They didn't know how much it cost. And they yeah. barely knew about the program. Like they, 
my dad was an auto worker for 32 years, right? Like he busted his ass and it was manual labor. My mom was a credit manager at the local hospital. His mom worked at a bank. You got, you grew up in a trailer. Like yeah. this was insane. Do they know now? Well, they're going to know after they watch. Yeah. If they listen to this, they're, they're probably very keen on that fact that it was a six figure investment and it was, it's more than six figures now because we continue to invest in our own growth. But you know, at the time they knew something was changing. And I think they were worried that we weren't going to be okay. When Steph left teaching and then I left teaching shortly thereafter, they were all worried. worried. So the, the converse and they would go through a middle person. So uh, my cousin Liz, who's also works in our company, they would go to her to ask, if we were all right, rather than coming to us, because they knew that something was going on and they were really concerned about our, like, did we drink the Kool-Aid? Were we in a cult? Like what was going on? But, but every year we showed up and we started doing more and more and we looked great and we were losing weight and feeling good and going on vacation to London and Ireland to doing all these things. And then after a time, it sort of subsided. They're still not a hundred percent sure as to what we do, but they just know we do it damn well. Good. That's awesome. So let's talk about you, Brandon. So you were a little bit, I don't want to say behind stuff. You were just in a different place. So yeah, I'm not quick to yes, that's for sure. <laughs> so then we are, we are complete opposite personalities. Yin and yang. That is so funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you, you guys always seem happy together. You seem like you have like, you know, like you jibe good. I think it's because we don't try to change each other. Like I yeah. know how he operates and what he needs and he knows how I operate and what I need. And we both have a healthy respect for that. And we don't try to change each other. That is really yeah, big. We're never, we're never, when she's up and I may be down, like we're never both down at the same time. If we are, that's a cause for concern because we need the other person in the relationship to sort of help us get back to that place and really bring truth yeah. to the situation. Sort of like a seesaw. Yeah, very much so. Like definitely the yin and yang personalities. I mean, like I said, I'm not quick to yes, she is, um, but I'm getting there through her help. So she, we, we level each other out to, uh, to be able to do this. It wasn't always easy though. Like when I first came in uh, to not even into this business, I was doing some other businesses, but I was also helping Steph out a little bit on the side. It became really clear early on to me that, that, that masculine side of me, that wanting to protect, wanting to take care of being the breadwinner. Um, I wanted to be that thing. And that was not going to happen because Steph is clearly the one who, who brings in most of the income for our family. So I had a struggle with that for months. And really it was David who approached me and said, look, um, you need to do some work on yourself and figure out what that's about, or you're going to lose everything in your life that's valuable. And I remember sitting in Florida, having that conversation, thinking this is when it's starts. And of course I didn't do anything right away. I said, I'll figure it out or I'll read a book or maybe I'll uh, watch a video on this. I really had to go into some, you know, some therapy, some personal development work that was going to get me to a place where I respected Steph for what she was doing, but also could carve my own path in the business as well. So there were some growing pains when Steph proceeded to have coaching with David because Something you guys, I'm sure, see a lot is that when one person starts coaching, it changes things, right? It changes the dynamic because one of them's changing. But if the other was one isn't, you know, what happens to that relationship? So it sounds like even though you were supportive of stuff that that was causing some changes for you too. I mean, when you think about it, we've been married 21 years. Yeah. 
we got married when we were really young, had kids when we were really young. We're totally different people in our early 20s than we are right now, right? Like you- Nearly unrecognizable, like seriously. If I showed you before and after pictures, you wouldn't recognize either one of us, honestly. Yeah, it's true. Um, so we've been together for a really long time. In fact, we've been together more than we've, like we've known each other kind of longer than we've not known each other at yeah. this point. Which well, how old are you guys? Can I ask that? 45, I'm 45. I'm younger. He's 46. I'm 46, yes. But she will <laughs> be 46 soon. So it's not that big of a gap. We're about I'm, six months apart in age. I'm 45. I would never have guessed that you guys were that old. <laughs> I'm yeah, saying that right? in finger yeah. quotes. <laughs> we've got a 17-year-old and a night. We've got a 17-year-old and a 19-year-old. So one in college and one a senior in high school. And there were a lot of growing pains. There were a lot of growing pains. There were a lot of hard conversations. There was, I mean, it it was not easy because we got together for different reasons than we than we're staying together. Yeah. For. And yeah. And so I Brandon- think it's never, I think it's never easy. Like, you know, you want to see people who are showing, you know, great successes in their life. And you want to see couples that are doing it together, power couples, all these yeah. things. If you were to strip that down and look behind the curtain, it's not a hundred percent easy all the time. And even though we've achieved great successes together and, you know, she picks me up, I pick her up. There are still days when it's, it's tough to be in the same room with each oh, other yeah. just because we have differences. I'm very much a person who has a strong need to be right. And Steph is very much a person who wants to coach sometimes when it's not necessarily warranted. And we just have to kind of work our way through it. The good part about me seeing an outside, you know, assistance for these types of things is now I can realize that when I'm going into my old patterns, I can wake myself up, realize there's some sort of a truth I need in this. And I'm usually projecting onto other people. And uh, I'm able to have that conversation and say, I'm sorry, so much quicker than I used to in the past. So I think that's a big thing to uh, just to let everybody know who's listening to this. It's not always, you know, smooth sailing. Sometimes you got to uh, uh, make a little bit of wind for those sales. By yeah. It's not them. like you go to David Nagel and all of a sudden, poof, you know, everything's different. The money you starts put in the in. work. Oh I mean, yeah. If one of us wasn't willing to be put in the work, this would not be a joint venture. It wouldn't have worked. I wouldn't be here if that were the case. We needed to work on it together. Yeah. And uh, like, that, like I said, that's what picks our, picks us up when we need it most. Well, I'm interested, Brandon, in how you, you, what was your trajectory leaving teaching? Cause you had said you were happy with it. So when did that change and what changed? I mean, I realized early on in teaching when Steph left, she was kind of showing me the path. I needed to prove, I needed Steph to help me see that I could do this too, because I was getting to the place where I was only giving 110% in my job. And as a teacher, if you're not giving more than that, and I know the mathematical geese are going to say it's impossible to give them more than 100%. (laughs) But the reality is if you're not showing up every single day for those kids, and I taught fourth and fifth graders for 11 years, I realized that if I wasn't putting in that extra time, then I shouldn't be there. I'm taking up somebody else's seat. And I was working with people who had taught for like 35 years. There's one woman who was teaching for 40 years. She was just there to cash a check and get her benefits. And I did not want to be that person. So uh, Steph showed me the, you know, she laid the foundation for what I could do to exit. I entered into a, um, a franchise business as sort of my gateway vehicle out literally before we were going to open this franchise, I had attended David's uh, first mastermind meeting where Steph was a part of, and I fell in love with the positive energy and that people were really focusing on themselves to grow. And I came out of that 
feeling on fire. And soon after that, a member of David's team reached out. I don't know if too many people know about this. I actually worked for David before Steph did in sales, um, helping fill one of David's events called Experience the Reality of Success. And I was not great at sales, as you can probably tell, because I like to talk and I was afraid to ask for the sale because of all my money issues. So um, I was let go after a while from that role. And I went and worked with other coaches in the industry before they pulled me back in to do other things behind the scenes. But I think for me, it was just sort of realizing that I wanted to be around positive people and seeing what Steph was doing and her growth trajectory, it really made it like, okay, I want to do this and I want to do this with her. I'm curious why they invited you to come on as a salesperson if you didn't have any sales experience. Was yeah, it like well, commission only? Sing you know, here's what it was. We're sitting in a room with 14 other people at this mastermind and I'm there as a plus one. So I'm really... I'm really meant to be seen and not heard and just be there to support the person who's really in the program. But my loquaciousness took over and I was offering really good insights. And at the time, they just wanted to fill up this event. You know, they wanted to make sure they had enough people to attend. And I was like, sure, I can do this. And I would be the guy sitting there making conversation, picking up the phone and saying, please don't pick up, please don't pick up, please don't pick up <laughs> all day long. I wore a track in our carpet when we lived in Wisconsin walking back and forth stressed out about this. And I did, I did sell some seats. And at the time, those seats were like $3,000 a piece. So I'm pretty proud of my time in sales, but not a lot of people who know the origin story of the company know that I was here before Steph. And then I was politely asked to, to move on. Well, obviously things changed. You, you found your place there. So when, how did it come to be that stuff that you ended up working for David? Cause you had this other business and yeah. was that successful? So it was, um, I, I actually worked with David to grow my practice and I did, I was working with, um, a university baseball team. I had several pro sports, um, clients that I was working with. Um, it was actually going really, really well. I was also developing a software program to sell to pharmaceutical companies and to supplement companies to help them help their clients in an, in an app format, make sure that they're taking their supplements and no like software program. Not a good idea, by the way. Um, and I was coaching with David and he would just, he would consistently ask me, are you sure this is what you want to be doing? And I was like, yes, this is what I want to be doing. Stop asking me that freaking question. He's like, are you sure this is what you want to be doing? He's like, why are you doing what you're doing? And I said, well, because, you know, Bailey was so sick and, you know, God brought me this message. And now I feel like it's my debt. I'm going to get emotional. I feel like it's my debt to pay this forward and, and tell everybody else. He's like, oh, so you think there are strings attached with God? Mm. And I was like, well, there are strings attached in every other area of my life. Why wouldn't there be strings attached with God? And he's like, that's not how spirit works. Spirit gives you a gift to, to, to show you what you need to do. He's not expecting anything in return. So he kept asking me that question. And finally, I was like, okay, there must be something that I, that I need to pay attention to here. And I was so in love with, with the mindset, with coaching that I, I just... It was again, like, I'm a teacher, right? I'm a teacher. I want to teach this. And so I, while I had my practice, I said, let me work for you. Let me, let me support one of your masterminds. 
like I can, I, I can coach for you. I can support one of your masterminds. So he said, all right. And he brought me on just specifically to support one of his mastermind groups. And I was the coach in the mastermind group helping people. And I still have contact with a lot of those people today. Funny enough, they're, they're good friends of mine now. Um, and then it just grew. I said, you know, I want to, I want to do sales. I want to tell people about this. And I was already really good at sales because I had sold myself already in my own nutrition practice very successfully. I don't have a hang up around sales at all. And so he's like, okay, well, we'll bring you on for sales. And then a year later, I was like, I want to close. I want to sell my practice. So I sold my practice and I said, I want to come on with you full-time. And I started just doing sales and managing his masterminds. And that was 11 years ago. Yeah. Where were you living? We were living in Wisconsin, in Southern Wisconsin, really depressed area. Um, GM had just closed across the country and it was a GM, uh, you know, a factory worker town. So it became very depressed there. Um, And I was flying to David like three times a month to help him with meetings and VIP days and planning and all of that. And so I just said, I'm, I'm selling my practice. I'm going to do this full time, which was really scary. Yeah. Um, and I did, I sold my practice and here I am. I just kept saying yes to everything. Like, I want to do this. I want to do this. Let me do this. Let me do this. Let me do this. And but when you say yes, it wasn't necessarily something that someone proposed to you. It was like a feeling or a thought that you had Right. And you said yes to that. Like, I need to do that. I am really not the person to wait for permission from anyone. Um, I, if I see something and I want to, and I want to do it or I want to experience it, I just say, I want to do that. And I, without any expectation of, of necessarily getting anything in return. Like I honestly would have managed his master with his coaching groups without even getting paid. I just wanted to be a part of it. I just wanted to do it. So I just kept saying yes without any attachment to what was in it for me, honestly, other than I wanted to have that experience. And it just opened up opportunity after opportunity. It's like when you say yes, the universe expands every single time. You say yes and it expands. You say yes and it expands, even though that yes might seem so crazy. Um, and you might not know how that yes is going to turn out down the road. You know, the Steve Jobs quote, you can only connect the dots looking backwards is is so true. I mean, we sit around all the time thinking about, holy shit, if we'd said no to that, like we wouldn't. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And and I think what's interesting about what Steph just said, talking about, you know, the, the universe giving you that nudge when you're on the right track or when you're tolerating something, Steph started to attract very difficult clients in her nutrition practice that were no longer before everybody was coming to her. She was attracting all these great people. They were, they were doing what they were told and they were achieving great results. And then David comes into Steph's world and he starts asking these questions and she starts to fall in love with the business side of things. Not that she was falling out of love with helping people with their nutrition, but the clients were they were difficult. She was coming home from work being just exhausted. And she, she knew that she was tolerating that. And that was just another nudge saying, you know, we know that you at one point in time thought this was where you were going, but now we realize there's a new path unfolds. And she had to say yes to that. And then another yes. And then another yes that leads you here. So it's just really interesting to see how the universe lines up when you say yes, and you're committed to seeing it through. Steph, do you think that because you were changing energetically that you were attracting difficult people 
or is it just that you just weren't into it anymore? I think it was, I, that's a really good question. I actually didn't like, I'm surprised that you said that because I'm having a hard time remembering the difficult, oh, I remember. the difficult clients that I had, interestingly enough. Um, but I think it was just, I was ready to, I was ready to let it go. And the same thing happened when I left teaching. I, I started having all kinds of, of negative experiences with especially parents of kids in my classroom that were out of like totally out of the blue, out of the ordinary, like really weird, like safe, safe, safety concern stuff happening with some of the parents of, of the kids in my class. And, and now that I'm seeing it, that was starting to happen with my nutrition practice as well. I think it was that I just, I wasn't in love with it anymore. My heart wasn't, wasn't in it anymore. And I, it was just, I just needed to let it go. Maybe well, the people she's got like a nomadic part of her too. Like she's like on the zeros of her life, like in the 30 and the 40, she has these big life changing moments. Yeah. And right now we're in this phase of our lives where this is where she feels that she needs to be. And I feel like I need to be. And I know that when she hits that 50 mark, she's probably not going to have that same change as she did in her 30 and her 40th year. But it's really cool to see how, when she makes the decision of towards something, she commits to it wholeheartedly. And then if it's not something she wants to be, do, or have, then she starts looking for something else. That has not been our experience so far working with Life Is Now and with yeah. David. I mean, she is in purpose. This is what she was born to do. And she does it extremely well. Well, like David's evolving and you're evolving too. Yeah. So it's not like you're static. Totally. You, I mean, if you're not growing, like we hear this all the time in our company, if you're not growing, you're dying. That's why when she was accelerating on her growth path and I was, I wasn't degrowing, I was staying put. But if you're staying, like, it's, it's like a runner, right? If a person starts at the start line and one person takes off running, the other person takes off walking after a while, you don't even see them on the horizon anymore. That was how it was happening between the two of us. And we had to have some difficult conversations, uh, both with David and with myself, with Steph saying, look, I mean, either, you know, get on the bus or move along. And I took that to heart because I knew within deep within my soul that this is the person I was meant to be with. And I love her very much. But at the same time, am I willing to peel back and look at all the, the uncomfortable, gross, disgusting scars that are underneath this shell and really make some sort of a change for the better? Thankfully, I committed to my yes as well. I used to give Steph all the credit for that. I no longer do that. I give myself just as much credit because it's an, it's a, it's an inside job. You have to want it from yourself. So what, what were your yeses? If, if I can ask, like, where were you guys not in sync back then? I think, I think for me to answer that was when we were, I was working with different coaches and she was working with David and on our schedules didn't always meet. I was working with a coach from over in Ireland. I was working with other coaches here in the States working for them. working for them. No. Yeah. Not sorry. Working okay. for them. Like being, um, my big role was helping people. So customer service being, being that person, I wasn't going to fill events. I wasn't going to be too great at sales, but I can wow the hell out of you with my, with my woo, you know, winning others over is my gift. So as I was working with these, for these other coaches, Steph said to me, look, our schedules aren't in line. You're getting up crazy early to have conference calls in Ireland. I'm going about my day and we hardly see each other, even though we're working from home in the same house, you need to come work for David. And of course I was like, nope, 
I said I was going to work for this person. I'm a loyal person. That's what I'm going to do. Um, but over time, I realized that it would be so much better to work within the same you know, company and be able to travel together and go to events together and see each other all the time. It's not lost on me that when we go to a big event, you know, Steph and I get to start our day and end our day together rather than having to do it over FaceTime. So for me, that was a huge yes, because I, I mean, I probably would have been still teaching in California, which we left there in like 2002. I still would have been there because once I say I'm going to do something, I'm loyal to that thing. So my yeses have come with the help of Steph. That's interesting. Has that been one of the things you have to work on? Like, is that a pattern? Like oh, feeling like once me. I tell someone I'm going to do something, yes. I have to stick with yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, I'm an over-controlled person. So like, it's really something for me when I like, I'm huge into streaks. Like right now I got this crazy running streak going. I'm afraid to stop. Cause if I stop, <laughs> then what are my fans going to think? That's the, the crazy thing I'm thinking of in my head. Like I am so OCD of sorts that, you know, I really need to do some internal work to figure out what drives me. I mean, there's worse things to do as far as that, because it does involve my health and I feel a ton better about it, but it bleeds into other areas of your life. So you really need to, again, ask yourself, like, why am I doing this? Who am I doing this for? And if the answer is not for you, then you maybe need to reevaluate why you're doing it at all. I can't imagine that anybody can actually work for David and not always be getting some sort of indirect coaching. So it's actually part of our core values. It's everyone that works for us. It is, it is an expectation that you grow in your role. Nothing is, is stagnant or static. Like we don't hire people and expect them to, to be in that exact role 10 years from now, five years from now, we expect everyone evolves because that's, that's in the best interest of everyone. And when they evolve out of the position, that means it's time for someone else to come back in. So it's, it's, it's part of who, who we are and what we represent. Like we, we, we walk our talk. We, we aren't a company that goes and preaches something to, to people one way, and then we don't do that ourselves. Um, if you look at every single person in our company, every single person has started at a certain level and is now at a completely different level than when they started with the company. I mean, Brandon was originally customer service and now he's director of podcasting. I was originally managing a small coaching group and now I'm CEO. Liz, when she's first started out, she was my personal assistant and now she's director of curriculum and social media. I mean, we've all just, it's, it's, it's expected, it's required. Like we don't want anybody working with us on our team that's not open and willing to grow. Yeah, it'd be kind of hard to promote what David does if you don't believe in it and you're not doing it yourself. Oh, it would be totally out of integrity. Yeah, he doesn't strike me as the kind of guy who's got people just punch a clock, just come yeah. in and, okay, I'm going to do whatever no, I have to do today. You're always, you're always living it. And if we start to not live it for a time, we need to go knock on his door and try to understand why. Because very early on, Steph saw, you know, that he could see through, even with going back to her nutrition practice, he could see that she was destined for something bigger. And he has this uncanny ability of looking inside your soul and being able to pull out the best parts of you. And I've gotten into trouble in, in my life from a mindset point when I shut that part off and I don't go talk to David or I don't go talk to Steph because at this point in time, they are very, very similar in how they are committed to driving this company forward. 
So you just need to ask for help. And that's a big, that's something big that I'm working on because, you know, again, that masculinity comes out, you know, I'm not going to stop and ask for directions. I'm going to, you know, get this figured out. I'm smart. I'm a man, you know, all this nonsense (laughs) and just ask for help because you can save yourself a whole lot of trouble in the, in the short term by doing that. Yeah. So you guys were living in, you said there was a California Oh yeah, time we're and, gypsies. We're, we're yeah, all I was going to say, place. you've been all over. Well, a lot of those moves have been following David, like being closer to David. So when we first met, we were teachers in California, taught across the hall from each other, forbidden love, you know. We had that going on <laughs> within our same class, you know, because if, if you have a, you know, if you're dating someone and something goes south and you teach across the hall from each other, it could be a hostile work environment. Yes. Yeah, fortunately, we kept that under wraps. We got a lot of secrecy, I've noticed. See, we yeah, kept that under wraps for almost like six months without telling anybody. And then it was okay. And then um, from there, we moved to Wisconsin, which was where Steph grew up. And we lived out there for several years. And then that began this journey with David back in 2008. So we moved out to Maryland to be closer to him. We relocated to Savannah because that's where we were going to have our corporate offices. Savannah didn't want what we were selling. So we moved up here to the Charlotte area. And we've been here ever since. Like this has been a long run here. Yeah. Um, and we're really just enjoying that. But we have been bounced around all for growth. My mom basically lived in the same house her whole life. She moved maybe 10 miles from where she herself grew up. My experience is not that. Steph's experience is not that. And our children's experiences are not that. And I think that's what makes the world seem so much uh, uh, bigger for them. Like they can go out and they can live in, in London, England, or they can live in Dublin, Ireland, or they can live, you know, wherever they want to go. And they've seen that and experienced that. That's why I'm excited for this next chapter for our kids and how they move and pay it forward. Well, I think it's interesting too, what, what the kind of role models that you are for your kids, because we always talk about with David, how a lot of the patterns you have, you learn them when you were a kid, whatever that family dynamic was. But you guys are, are you very cognizant that you're creating that family dynamic? Well, your kids are older now. Right. Well, I mean, Emma, my youngest was four when I started, when we started listening to David. So he has been in her life, pretty much her, her entire life. And the, my other one was six. So there was, it's been for a large part of our life, but we are, I'm under no like I fully, we've had this conversation. We fully expect both of our daughters to be at someone's seminar, standing up at the mic, saying <laughs> how much we've screwed up our kids. Like <laughs> we're totally fine with that. We have done the best that we can and that's all we can do. But what I will say is that they have grown up in a very different mindset than the two of us grew up in. Um, they see possibility. They like, I think it's, it's fun right now because they're at the age where they're starting to, to really be independent. You know, my oldest is, is supposed to be in her sophomore year in college. She's taking a gap because she's in art school and art school online isn't ideal, but um, it's really interesting to see how, how what we've been talking to them about and how we've raised them is starting to show up now that she's more independent and out of the house more than she's in the house. Um, it's a lot of fun and we are like, we're totally, we totally screwed our kids up, kids up in some way, shape or form. They've got to have something to work on. Right. Like, I mean, come on. Well, and it's, it's really humbling to hear them say back to you when you're having a bad day, Hey dad, 
this can be as good as you want it to be or as bad as you don't want it to be. Like it's really humbling because they pick up on the mantras and they pick up on what's being said. I mean, they used to work registration with me when they were just wee little uh, because I'm horrible with names and I'd see somebody who knew me, but I didn't know them. I'd push M or Bailey out to the front. They would greet them and they'd hand off the name badge. So they grew up in all of this and they loved it. But hearing them speak back these nagalisms that we're so fond of. Um, it's really, it's yeah. really cool to see. I mean, they have grown up with significant advantages that we didn't have when we were growing up, but um, it'll be interesting to see how they take that and then their children and their children yeah. and beyond. So the and, generational curve is changing. And even before that, I would, before, before there was rev.com, before there were like transcription services that were reasonable, I used to have Bailey transcribe David's teachings. So oh wow! About David's teaching, so that it would go in without me having to say anything. And now, I mean, David is so good to my kids. She's actually doing an internship for us. She's doing all of David's art on Instagram. So all oh. of the all of the drawings of him that you see in his in his social posts. That's all my oldest. Um, oh wow! Good. We're, that's cool. we're a very family friendly company yeah. here. Everybody works <laughs> within our family. So. Yeah, I, you know, I think sometimes David can feel a little intimidating, but then I think as you get to know him better, you see that he really has such a good heart and really wants to help people. The reason why he feels intimidating is because there's a piece of you that knows that you can't snow him. He knows exactly what's going on. He sees right through you and it's, it's so unsettling. It can be scary, especially if you don't feel quite ready for that, right? Like I always screw up the quote, the one quote that he always says about not running away from yourself. You know, you the want one. Me to say it for you. The degree to which a person can grow is directly proportional to the amount of truth he can accept about himself without running away. Yeah, yes, it's so true. Well. Yeah, it's so true. I mean, well, Christina, I'm I'm still scared of him at times. Like, <laughs> and I've been around him for 13 years. Like, it's no joke. Like, I had such daddy issues that I was afraid. Remember how I said you need to ask for help? I was not going to David for that help because he couldn't. I couldn't bullshit him. There was yeah. no way I could talk around it. He would be like, "Look, this is what you need to do." That's why that conversation we had in Florida. I'll never forget Naples, Florida. He pulled me aside and he said, "Look, if you don't change, you're gonna." lose everything and he was dead serious it wasn't like ha 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 it was you're gonna lose everything and I'm like oh shit okay but you know what you could have two reactions to that you could have had the one you did have where you were like oh shit I better work on this or you could have been like screw him he doesn't know what he's talking about man but the thing is I knew I knew he was right I knew that that he he has this ability to just go in and work around all that clutter to get to the to the heart of the matter and that's what's that's what his gift is. That's what's so beautiful. That's why we're here. I mean, there is a, such a turnover in this industry with teams. Like everybody looks at Team Nagel and says, oh my God, what is it that they have that we don't? And the truth is, is that it's from the top down and we look at that top and we say, wow, this guy figures it out. He's he's the best kept secret in my opinion. And we need to not let that secret, we need that secret to be more known. Like he is on the same level as the big coaches of this industry. We just haven't unlocked that just yet to where the world's going to start to learn who David Nagel is. Yeah. Well, I talk about him every day. My friends are a little tired of hearing about his name. My one friend is now is like, wait, who's David? Who's David again? You know, teasing me. Um, but I don't care. You know, I think you can never have too much David in your life. That's what I always say. So you guys have had, had your own journey, which we just talked about. Um, but I'm interested, you know, sometimes it's easy to see 
other people's issues and their patterns and, you know, what's holding them back than it is to see your own. And you guys encounter a lot of people. And I'm wondering what are some of the more common things that you see on a recurring basis that hold people back? Um, I would say the number one thing is the fear of what people are going to think of you, right? I think everyone, every human wants to feel connected in some way, shape or form, right? And the thought of abandonment or rejection is really, really painful. Um, And, you know, David does a whole teaching around love, security and self-esteem and three basic needs and all of that. But if that one thing that need to be liked was gone, I think you would see incredible things in this world, honestly, because so many people that we encounter don't realize it, but they're a hundred percent controlled by the fear of what people are going to think the fear of disappointing someone or a subconscious. What are my parents going to think? Or because that, that rejection is so painful. Um, Yeah. I think it's hard to recognize that too, because when I first started hearing that, I just kind of dismissed it because I thought, well, I don't, think I'm like that, you know, plus nobody wants to think of themselves as being that way. Right. We all want to think that we're unique and that we're just, you know, we're not like everybody else and we don't succumb to those pressures. But I, yeah, I mean, I I can see that where I do that in, in places in my life, but do you think that was something you guys suffered from too? Oh my God. You've said yes. Oh, yeah, that still was my do. biggest, that was my biggest issue, honestly. And, and actually David, interestingly enough, honestly, he used that. He knew that that was a big thing for me. And so we used that as a motivator until I didn't need it as a motivator anymore. So that fear caused me to do things that I normally wouldn't do in a positive way until that fear was gone. Like right now, I, I really like, I'm very very infrequently controlled by what people, what people think about me. I'm not uncomfortable on stage. I'm not uncomfortable on camera. I'm, I'm just me. And I've accepted that it's taken a long time to get there and a lot of different experiences. But when I first started working with him, like he would, and we laugh about this now, he knew what he was doing. He would say, you know, if you don't, if you don't, if you don't fill this event, it's really going to negatively impact the company we you know it it would really leave it it would leave us in a really bad spot and I'm just like oh my god okay well I'm now like the savior and going to be responsible and do everything I can and I would hit a goal that I never thought possible because I was coming from that place of not wanting to experience that fear so I think what people don't understand is that you can harness a dysfunctional fear and use it in a positive way until you don't need that anymore until you can be pulled by something rather than be pushed by something and that's Um, it was one of my biggest fears. I cared what everybody thought of me. I couldn't even pick out clothes for myself because I'm like, well, I don't know if they're going to like that on me. Right. Like it was, it was crazy. I mean, really crazy how I was controlled by the fear of what people think. Um, but I've grown out of that. What What are some of the more, um, striking transformations that you've seen and clients over the time that you've been with David Nagel? Striking transformation. Well, I know, I know that when people first start coming to David's events, 
there's, there's this thing, there's a sort of like this eye test that I have, like, how are these people showing up? Right. And I see them and they're kind of frumpy. Their body language is low. They're maybe wearing like crummy clothes. I've seen people come in sweats and then they start to come to a few events. They sign up to coach. And then before you know it, they're unrecognizable. They're dressing the part. They're dressed for success. They've got some new glasses. Their hair's done. They're doing makeup. Like it's cool to see the before and after pictures. And you could even see that in ours. Like our befores and our afters are strikingly different. They start to carry themselves with confidence. And I think David instills in people that confidence if they're willing to listen to the message. And it's not always going to be comfortable. I've had him, I've seen transformations take place at the microphone where a person just takes off their glasses and smiles and they look totally different. It's sort of like they go through this massive change right there in front of the group. And it's, it's amazing to see. I think that's what I see the eye test as someone who works behind the scenes, formerly as, you know, like running registrations and back logistics to now running the audiovisual. Mm-hmm. I see it in the audience and that groundswell that happens and people start showing up completely different. I think that's so amazing to see. Yeah, I enjoy when people go up to the mic. I think even though they're talking about themselves, I still learn something from every one of those conversations. It can be intimidating to go up to the mic, though. We had a we had a therapy session in front of hundreds of people at our very first David Nagel event. When I was selling for David, I went to the event that I sold people into and Steph was in one mic. I was on the other side of the ballroom at my mic and we were having a marriage counseling session in front of 400 people. And I, my knees were knocking, but it had to be said. And man, was it powerful because I know it helped people in that audience. And I know it helped us too. Wow. So I love that you're drinking the Kool-Aid. I love the Kool-Aid. I you mean that with total props and Delicious. total respect. It's a, it's a Kool-Aid called truth. Yeah. It is. Yeah. I mean, I'm wearing my what's the truth band right here. So it's, it's, it's our mantra that, you know, it's truth. Truth is truth and trust, right? Yeah. And I honestly think you know, to go back and answer your question a little bit deeper. I think the biggest transformation in working with David is that people learn that they can trust themselves. So they don't need anything from anyone else. They can trust themselves. And no matter what they decide, they're going to be just fine. So. Well, I, I can share something that, I, you know, the, for when I first started going to, to David's events and I, my very first one was January, 2017. It was at the Four Seasons um, downtown New York City. Mm. And I still think about that hotel. Man, was that an incredible sweet, hotel. Right? Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> so, but anyway, it was my first event and Allison Williams had told me about David because I know Allison Williams personally and I just started paying attention to her and I couldn't believe what an incredible transformation she had made in so many ways. And I just asked her one day, like I told her, you're, you're so different. You know, what did you do? And she said, David Nagel, that's what I did. Well, you know what I mean? (laughs) That came out the way and I didn't intend, but you know what I mean? Um, and I was like, wow, I got to check this guy out. So, because I was at a point in my life where I wasn't happy and I just knew that I had to change something. And I, was looking for something. And I know a lot of people say that about how they found David. So I, so I've been doing David since January of 2017. And I will say that 
something that always strikes me is the it's the first time that I ever actually heard from anybody that you can do anything that you want which is like wonderful, but a little sad at the same time. It's like, why was nobody else telling me that? Mm-hmm. Um, but it was when the you first connect, time. When you connect those dots, Christina, going backward now, looking at, because you're coming up on four years of being around this amazing energy and this amazing environment. Think of all the things that have changed in your life um, in those four years and try not to judge what happened before. Cause I, I fall into the judgment trap. Like, man, I should have been doing this decades ago. The reality was I wasn't ready. The teacher didn't appear until I was ready. When I yeah. was, he showed up and here I am. And it's just going to keep on getting better. So connecting those dots backward, it's fun to play that game and realize that because of that decision, that, that wonderful decision to go to that beautiful hotel in New York city in January of 2017 to where you are now, And that's why people keep coming back around. Sometimes people will leave us for a short amount of time, two or three years hiatus, maybe do something, but they always come back around because there's nothing like seeing David speak live in front of an audience. And we absolutely love that. Yeah. And I'm in the elite mind 90 day experience now, and I'm loving it. I think we just did day two, right? Day two. two. So I'm loving it. And something that I always felt, um, was when I go to an event and then I'd leave and I'd just be like, I need this like every day. I need this all the time. And and how do I get this? You know, other than even, well, I think even if you do coaching with David, I don't know that you talk to him every single day. No, we don't. Right. <laughs> so I really am loving the program. Um, I hope that you'll be doing it again. Is this the first time that you've done this one? This is the second, um, and we're not sure if we're going to do it for a third time, just because time, because we've got two two going at the same time right now. Oh, okay. Okay. So yeah, it's a, it's a big time investment for you guys and for David, but I'm loving it. I highly recommend for anybody who's listening, who isn't familiar with David to listen to his podcast, the Successful Mind Podcast, and to take advantage of every single opportunity to have a call with David or go to an event or, you know, attend something that he's hosting. So I want to give you guys an opportunity to plug the podcast and whatever else you guys have going on. So take it away. Well, I'll definitely plug the podcast because I'm a major part of it being the director of podcasting for Life Is Now and the Successful Mind Podcast. You can find us at thesuccessfulmindpodcast.com and we're also available on wherever you listen to podcasts. So we would love to have your listeners come on and listen. Um, Like you were saying, Christina, it's so powerful to be in that. I think that's what's nice about the elite mind 90 day experience is the complete and total immersion. Um, You know, David puts out three podcasts uh, a week and it's really an immersive environment. You're never too far away from it. When we first started coaching with David way back when he used to send out these sort of like daily calls. This is when robo calls and calls were a big deal or emails were a big deal. And every day you'd have something. I think that's what the successful mind is doing for people. They're never too far away from that energy. And when you immerse yourself in that, you are uh, limitless potential for sure. Well, I love your contributions on the podcast too, Brandon. Thank you. Yeah, I really enjoy doing it. I mean, we have over like 400 episodes on online right now. So it's a deep catalog and it's like drinking from a fire hose all the time (laughs) and having the opportunity to ask questions that I believe people would want to know because I'm learning just as you're learning. So I think that's pretty powerful. Yeah. And and when I first started, Liz, because I've been listening to it since it first started, when I first started, you didn't talk as much. 
And no. then you sort of, you know, I could see you, like, I hear you coming out of your shell and, and definitely some comic relief there by you. Yes. I find myself laughing sometimes at different things you say that are intended to be funny. Yeah. So, well, I'm just, a, I'm just a normal person who didn't know much about anything until I met David and he's expanded my horizons beautifully. So he pulls a lot of that out of me and we just have a blast. Cool. All right. How about Steph? you? I'm playing the podcast too. Are you? Absolutely. Heck yeah. Like it's the best content that we have. I mean, he, David doesn't hold anything back on the successful mind podcast. It's not like we are, we, we decide, Oh, we're only going to give like sort of good content on the podcast. He gives all the good po- content on the podcast. Yeah. So I've heard I, a I, lot I, about Dave um, from David about sales, just from watching him, you know, and you guys do it. It's yeah. because so many people have issues around sales, but you never, I've never once ever felt like anybody on, on team David has been pushy or have that kind of salesy attitude that I think a lot of people talk about that makes them feel uncomfortable. And he's, he is giving away so much and thank you. Yeah. And I would definitely encourage you to go to his YouTube channel. There's always new content going up there all the time. And that his podcasts are recorded so you can see him in there. And if you do want to take the step and you want to attend a live event, even though with, you know, the pandemic currently, we're not in large ballrooms, but uh, this coming April, we are hosting another Art of Success virtual summit, which David's program, the Art of Success is a huge, like that's the gateway for many people. If you go back when he first started his business, the Art of Success is a great place for people to start. And you can find out more information there at davidnagel.com. That's Nagel, N-E-A-G-L-E.com. And he says he's not a salesman. Come on. That's good. I can't can't pick up the phone and say, Hey, uh, so what can I do to help? It's more of, Hey, go to this website and that'll do the work for me because the results speak for themselves. We've got all sorts of proof in there of people who have attended. And like you said, Christina, you've been there before. So you know what can to expect. There's something magical that comes out of David when he is in a live audience experience and he's able to feel the room and he knows exactly what to say to those people to benefit the masses. And that's why it's definitely something you want to take part in in April. I highly recommend it. I just did the last one and, and it was great. I, it, I have it's a lot of content, but man, is it powerful. It's life-changing. But it's one of those things where I don't, I didn't find myself drifting and, you know, looking at whatever I have on the wall. Like I really was captivated the whole time. Yes. Love that. Well, thank you guys so much for giving me your time and sharing your personal stories. I really appreciate it. So now I have uh, the intel on you guys and how you guys came to be and fit into all of this. So thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us. It's been our pleasure. Thank you for listening to Wake Up Call the podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you'd like to know more about me, you can find out more on my website, christinaprevitt.com. And be sure to sign up for my newsletter where I talk about everything that I'm reading, learning, listening to, doing, basically everything that I'm obsessed with right now. Follow me on social media. Look up Wake Up Call the Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you'd like to be a guest on Wake Up Call or there's someone you'd like to hear on my podcast, please email me at wakeupcallthepodcast at gmail.com. Thank you and see you next time.